You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we are going to do a listener mailbag where I go over some of the questions you, the listeners, have. And they're like always, you never disappoint with some great questions. So we're going to check those out in a moment. Also on today's show, we're going to also look at the Louisville series this weekend for baseball. While basketball is over baseball is in full swing and we're going to really try to get behind this team and really give you some analysis of of where they're at so we're going to jump in with that there wasn't really any news today i know people are are still thinking about the basketball search i have been told just so for basketball uh search news that there isn't really any news out there right now i've heard rumors some people have been floating rumors that a boston college is going to go cheap on the coach and B, they're not going to supply the coach with uh, an adequate uh, assistant pool. What I've been told, and I have good sources on this, is that the coaching search money that they're going to have is adequate and compar- competitive to every other ACC program. So put that where you want. That's where they're, that's what they're saying. Also, all of this stuff about uh, assistance is not true. In fact, they've already said to me that they're going to be giving this new head coach a extra, uh, they'll be giving them additional staff just like they did with Jeff Halfley. So I wanted to dispel some rumors or at least give you my perspective on what I've heard. So let's jump into baseball. Boston College is going to face off with the number, 15, uh, number 10, 15, sorry, they are the 15th seed Cardinals in Louisville this weekend at Jim Patterson Stadium. It's a three-game series where BC will be playing at 6 p.m. on Friday night, 1 p.m. on Saturday, and 1 p.m. on Sunday. Now, these games are all on ACC Network Extra, so they are televised. You just have to look for them. I believe for ACC Network Extra, depending on what app, uh, like if you're using a streaming service like YouTube TV, I think you can just find it on the uh, channels. But if you're using some cable companies, I think you have to go to a computer. So just be – just. I would recommend if you're into this and want to get it, watch it. Just make sure that you go and find out how to get this beforehand so you can check out all three games. The series lines up like this. Obviously, Friday, you're going to have Mason Pelio, and he's facing off against Michael Kirian, who's 2-0 with a .82 ERA. Now, yesterday, I said the one thing about BC Baseball that worries me is they play a lot of catch-up ball, and they, they let their pitchers kind of struggle a little bit, and then their hitters really jump in and and save them against louisville you're playing against a team that may have the pitching staff to not allow that to happen and and you look at game one and see what Kirian can do and you 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 have to worry a little bit about that uh game two is emmett sheehan versus glenn albanese albanese and he's one and oh with a 1.8 era sheehan is two and one with a 6.42 and then joe fatrano versus luke smith in the finale so already you look at all three matchups, and on paper, the pitching staff of Louisville does look better than BC. Uh, but every game is played for a reason, so we'll have to check that out. Now, Louisville is number 15 by Baseball America, number 10 by D1Baseball.com. They're 8-4 and four overall, 
and 1-2 and two in the ACC after a series at Georgia Tech last week. The, the guys you're going to want to watch for, Henry Davis, their catcher, has three home runs and 14 RBIs. And a name I talked to this uh, the writer from Louisville SI, he told me to watch for Cameron Masterman, their left fielder, who's hitting 377 with 10 RBIs and 10 walks. So this is going to be an excellent series. Boston College has been playing lights out baseball. They've been playing uh, from behind. They've been playing in front. They've been mashing that heck out of the ball. And this will be the biggest challenge. And really, if Boston College can go in here and get two wins, they are setting themselves up to be a consistent top 25 team for the season unless something really goes off the rails. So what we're going to see is, you know, a Boston College squad that really needs Mason Pelio to, to really start the season off series off correctly, right? You need Pelio. He's had he showed his moments against Auburn last week. I thought he looked really good. But, you know, get him six innings. Get six innings, maybe a run or two, and BC will be in great shape for that first game. So I think the big the big name to watch for is him right now is, is Mason Pelio. So BC is uh, 5-11 and 11 in the series against Louisville, and uh, they have won two, of th- two games and three of the last five, though. So it's interesting to see that they've been able to kind of hang in there with uh, the Cardinals. So this will be a series I think that I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to watch. And I hope you, you do give it a chance to check it out because, uh, as we've seen, BC's been able to do a lot so far this season. In a moment, we're going to jump into the listener mailbag. But before we do, let's chat a little bit about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And Major League Baseball is right around the corner. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. And with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, you need to head over to the site to check this all out. They have you covered for everything, and all you need to do is head on over, sign up for a free account today, and with your first deposit, if you use promo code Locked On, they're going to give you a welcome bonus of 50%. That means if you put $100 in, they're going to put $50 on top of that. That's a win right there, and we all know the books don't like to give out free money, but that's what they do at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And if you're going to make bets on betonline.ag, let me tell you about Locked On Bets. Betting college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Hope you're all having a great Friday. Now we're going to jump into our listener mailbag. Now every other week or so, or when we can find the time to do it, I like to open up the listener mailbag to answer questions and talk about topics that are brought up by you, the listener. Now we had quite a few entries for this week's viewer listener mailbag. I keep calling it viewer mailbag. I, I get that messed up. But listener mailbag. The first one comes from CJ Garanda, who wanted to know: Is there a possibility that Boston College moves CJ Lewis to tight end, given that Kobe White is returning, and there's going to be such a glut at wide receiver and not so much at tight end? Now, Chris, I get where you're coming from with this because it makes a lot. It does make sense in in one sense, right? 
CJ Lewis has uh he's a big guy, six three, over two hundred pounds. He's a big wide receiver. You know, if any of the wide receivers, he'd be the one that most likely could f- to move over. And Jeff Halfley has t- has uh you know beamed about Lewis's blocking ability. So he has some of the big things that you would look for. Now here's why I'm gonna say it won't happen because I think Lewis did such a great job last year. You don't want to mess with that. And I know White is coming back, but you get one more year out of Lewis. You probably don't want to switch up everything he knows after such a successful year. And I know Kobe White is is probably, he might have a higher upside, um, but you remember, he's coming back from a knee injury. So I, I think we need to temper our expectations just a little bit with him. I don't think he might, he might take a little while to get going. So, you know, I think Lewis probably will stay at wide receiver. But, and also I think Boston College has some depth at tight end. I really, the more I think about it, the more I think Joey Lucchetti is going to probably be the number one tight end next year. I've heard so many stories about, you know, his time at Lawrence Academy, about how good he is as a, as a catching tight end and that he can do all of that. And I know Adazio messed around with him and, and threw him in a bunch of different positions. Um, but I think, I think honestly, that Lucchetti will probably be there with Whittier. Uh, sorry, Spencer Witter at tight end one and two. So that's just my thoughts. So I, I don't think so. But it's not a bad idea. I mean, you could you get a guy like Lewis and you start to make – you start to get like – you start to think about like Kyle Pitts, you know, those – wide receivers that could that play tight ends that are really not like this typical mold of a tight end. So it could be. But thank you, Chris, for that question. That was a great one. Donovan C. wants to know, is it even possible? What would your thoughts be on Rick Pitino coaching the basketball team? Well, <laughs> I, I won't get into my nasty thoughts about what Rick Pitino would do. Obviously, getting Pitino here changes a few things, right? First of all, yeah, it probably gives you the possibility of winning because he – Let's be truthful. He's a winning coach, but you know, you ha- when you talk about his wins, you have to talk about Patino realistically. He's a guy that's done things in a kind of a shady way, and his his last stop at Louisville did not end in a way that would you know have him end up at a Catholic school with conservative values like Boston College. Let's just put it that way. Um, would I want him coaching? I I mean. In some sense, as a reporter, it would be really fun to follow Rick Pitino because, God, the guy has a million things going on and he would be a story in himself every week. On the other hand, he, you know, I don't want to sound hoity toity, but you have a school like Boston College that has set ideals, right? You hired a whole bunch of coaches already that hit those ideals, whether it's Jeff Halfley. I mean, Jerry York is is the pinnacle of that. We're seeing it with Mike Gambino and Joanna McNamee. You see it with um, the women's hockey coach and the lacrosse coach, and I've heard. I mean, even the softball coach, Amy Vigla. I'm already messing her name up. I apologize. But the 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 women's softball coach too. You get these coaches that have a specific um, character to them. They're 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 built a certain way, and then you bring in Rick Pitino. <laughs> Kind of, you know, stirs the pot a little bit. So, I don't think I'd want him. And I've said that before. I don't. I don't. I don't want Rick Pitino here. Um, and I know some people are very staunch Rick Pitino supporters. And yes, he's won a lot, but also a lot of his games have been um, won by dubious measures. Put it that way. 
So I, I just think, you know, if you're going to spend the money to get Rick Pitino here, and I know he's at Iona, so he's probably pretty cheap because his reputation is such, you know, is, such, is so in the dumps right now. I would rather spend the money and do whatever I could get do to get someone like Thad Mata or John Beeline and try, or at least try to do what you have to do to get those guys here. At least those two don't have the stink that Rick Pitino has around him. So, but that's a good question. Thank you, Donovan. And Benoit 15, and it could be Benoit. I apologize. I'm an old school wrestling fan, so I know it as Benoit. Wants to know who will lead the team in sacks. Also, any prediction on Shita Salah for 2021? Seemed like he had a great potential, but regressed a bit in the field with the new system in 2020. Has talent. So for my sack leader in 2020, you're, you're looking at the available players on Boston College. You look at who could be the guy that could have that year. Two names really stick out to me. Marcus Valdez and Brandon Barlow. Now, Valdez, going into last season, there was a lot of buzz around him as a pass rusher. I honestly didn't see it as much as you know you might have expected under a new off, uh, defensive system. On the other hand, Barlow, he, when he played, it felt to me like he was able to get consistent pressure on quarterbacks. He was much more of a pass rusher. So if I was a betting man, I still don't think Boston College has an elite pass rusher on their team as of now. I mean, maybe someone will grow into that. I just don't see it at this point. I would pick Brandon Barlow. So Brandon Barlow would be my choice. Shitasala, I thought, yeah, he just, he didn't pop this year. You know, 2019, he looked like he was going to be a defensive end that would do a lot for this defense, like in terms of pass protection, uh, pass rush, you know, um, run protect, uh, run. De- oh God, I'm talking like he's an offensive lineman. <laughs> uh, uh, run defense, you know, all those types of things. But I-, I didn't see it in 2020, and I honestly wasn't really all that impressed with his play. I thought he had some moments, you know, he had that interception, but he didn't show me that like he took that next step and that could be that he's in a new system and he's just getting himself acclimated to it but you know i think next year you're going to see a uh, defensive end alignment that's very similar to this year you're going to see barlow sata sata and brandon barlow probably rotating the three of them in and out throughout the game but that's a great question neil so uh or ed benoit i'm sorry i'm a don't know if your name's Neil. Uh, in a moment, we're going to continue in our mailbag. So those were all our Twitter questions. We're going to go to our email to see what else people wanted to know. But before we do, I want to chat about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, they are heading into their sweet, sweet 16 of their best Built Bar of the March Madness tournament. Now, if you've been listening, I've been giving you reviews of each of the bars as we kind of go down them. And today is our first Sweet 16 matchup, and it's between Apple Almond Crisp and Cookies and Cream. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I've bragged about Cookies and Cream. You know it's one of my favorites. So it's good, and it got a first round buy because it's very, very popular. So I'm going to go with Cookies and Cream. You know, it's delicious. It's chocolatey. It's covered in chocolate. You know, these bars are what you need to get your protein, to get yourself a nice balanced snack that isn't going to make you feel terrible after eating it. So I I love the Built Bar. You need to check them out. If you head on over to Built Bar, they're going to give you 20% off if you use code LOCKEDON20. Again, go over to BuiltBar.com 
and use promo code LOCKEDON20. Now I want to tell you about our new podcast, Locked On Today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the one-year anniversary of the NBA shutting down due to COVID, an NCAA team is forced out of the tournament due to a positive test and more. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. We are going down our listener mailbag. We, in our second segment, talked about all the tweets that we got with certain questions. Now we're going to open up the email to see what people had been asking us for today's show. Our first question comes from Chris. Hey, AJ, I have more of a comment than a question. I am encouraged to see the recent recruiting success of the football coaching staff as defined by commitments from a few four-star players. Regardless of what the staff says about not paying attention to ratings of players, I applaud them for recruiting high-end talent. Previous coaching staff seemingly do not even try to recruit these kids. Having followed BC football since the 80s, the party line has always been, we're not going to date the top athletes and we don't care about stars, but we'll find diamonds in the rough and coach them up. Luke Keekley falls into that category for sure. Realistically, the bulk of the recruits will not be four stars, and I get it. There will never be inst- they will never be insert top program tier here. I believe that recruiting and development of athletes is not an either or, rather a program like BC must do both equally well if the goal is to compete for championships. I believe this is the current administration's goal since the t- 2020 and not so much over the previous 10 years. It's likely that we may never compete at the national championship level, but looking at the rosters of the perennial contenders, it's clear that stars matters as well as development. So for BC, my contention is that we will have much more on-field success by coaching up a few four-stars in addition to mainly three-stars. The higher starting point of talent combined with strong development seems to be a solid blueprint for success. So my question is this. Steve Adazio's celebrity doppelganger was professional wrestler Sergeant Slaughter, but Jeff Halfley looks more like Bradley Cooper. Clearly a shift of focus in the university strategic plan, correct? Also, I need to get more sleep. Thanks, Chris. Other than the doppelgangers, um, I wanted to kind of get into what Chris said about coaching and recruiting. So you're right. Jeff Halfley, if you ask him, he says all the time that that stars doesn't matter to him. But you you get the sense, too, that it does kind of. I mean, look at what he did yesterday. When Quan Williams, a four-star, committed to Boston College, he was – what was Jeff Halfley doing? He was bragging on Twitter about being a a four-star commit. So you're right. There is a piece that they need to bring it up a level. And I think I think that's just going to have to be the case. Boston College can't recruit the way Steve Adazio did. You can't have a 60th ranked recruiting class and expect to be a top 25 team. The numbers just don't add up, and, this, and, and history doesn't make sense with that. You have to have good recruiting classes to get up there. So, you know, with Jeff Halfley in his first year, I think he was 35th. So you already kind of got up to that point. Right now, they're the second recruiting class in the ACC. And of course, that's not going to stay because you're going to have Clemson and Florida State and Miami. They're going to jump them. But having a top 25 class is something I think that's obtainable with Jeff Halfley. I think that's something they can do. And I think it is right. Like if you want to get up to that level where we were in 2007, 2008, you need to recruit players and develop players right because you're right like you want to get guys that are top top notch guys but you also do want to develop some players too um and i think that's a great point thanks chris for the question and chris your question leads into john's question which is hi aj when i think of a five-star recruit 
I think of Luke Keekley and Matt Ryan. They might not have been a five-star recruit, but they certainly played like one. When Luke was playing, I was confident that no runner was going to break out of a long game with Luke patrolling sideline to sideline. It was interesting, the discussion of BC's greatest comebacks, and they mentioned a couple ones with Matt at QB. Of course, we went on to have, they both went on to have dominating NFL careers. So he wants to know what, who will be the next five-star like player for BC. So it's not like a five-star, five-star, um, which who knows if that'll ever happen, but maybe the next big guy that explodes for Boston College. And I think you already have it with Phil Dracovic. I think he would be one. Um, I think in a year or two, he's going to be a guy that is like, you know, if he makes it past next year and say he comes back for one more year, I think 2022 could be really special for Dracovic. And I would put it on par with what we saw with Matt Ryan in 2007, especially because he's going to have a system around him that will be beneficial for him to succeed. So Dracovic would be my, my big one in terms of a possible, like, top star because I've also heard that if he continues to grow he's going to be a first round draft pick so he'd be one and I know it's not a flashy pick but I maybe go on the the offensive line Ozzy Trapillo is a, a guard he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year and all the scouting reports I've read all the na- the talk I've heard is that he he is going to be like the next big BC offensive lineman so thinking like you know Anthony Costanzo or you know Mark Colombo those like really good offensive linemen especially the ones that go in the first round I think Trapillo is going to be that I, I've heard people say already that he hasn't played a snap yet and they they have the the thought that Trapillo could be like a top 15 pick especially if he plays tackle and, and plays at the potential that he could play so that's my answer for that John thank you for the question Ian wants to know uh, he's a current student with two questions. Was Tommy Amaker ever an option for the basketball coaching job? Was he ever interested? And any updates on the BC apparel deal? Barstool claimed it was going to be a joint NBA, a New Balance Adidas operation, but I haven't heard anything since. Love the show. Keep on rolling, Eags. Ian. Thanks, Ian. So Tommy Amaker, I'm sure they probably did their due diligence to ask. Um, I, from everything I've heard, though, from Amaker, it would have been a very quick conversation because I think Amaker only wants to leave Harvard for Duke. So I'm guessing this will be the third straight coaching search that they've asked him. And I know that in the first two, they probably had a little bit more leeway with him and it got a little bit further. But I don't think – I'm guessing this was a very quick conversation and that was it. Uh, So that's part one. And number two, any updates on the BC Apparel deal? I haven't heard specifics of it yet. I did see what you said about Barstool's talking about it, and I have seen it floated around a lot, so I think there's probably a lot of smoke to this fire. I just haven't heard any, I haven't gotten any um, any of my sources to talk about it, and I think they're going to wait to do some sort of press release on it, so I, I, if I were, if, if, if I were a betting man, I would bet that this is right, because I've seen it on multiple different sites. Um, I just haven't seen any, like, sources that have said anything, so... I, I'll go with that on that. In the end, thank you so much. I love having current students listening to the show, so take care. Steve wants to know, where is BC with Kenny Fletcher and Anto Saka? So Kenny Fletcher is a defensive end from New Jersey, and Saka is a defensive end from Maryland. They're both 2022 recruits. Uh, Kenny Fletcher is committed to Rutgers, which um, if BC is still interested, I'm sure they could probably snipe him, snipe him from, from Rutgers. I've got, I've heard a lot about 
uh, some really high-end defensive ends, and I, I don't think Fletcher is high on their list. Um, so I'm guessing that they're not going to push really hard for him. And Saka, I think, is a better one. I think that's someone that BC is definitely fighting with, and I think they're going to battle Penn State for, for Saka. Um, but BC has offered so many different defensive ends, and I've kind of listed a bunch of them on the site recently. Um, but I, I would say Saka probably has a better chance at BC, but we'll have to see uh, as the recruiting trail continues down the road. Thank you for the question, Steve. Cam Harper wants to know, hello, I have a question for Friday's Locked On Mailbag. What are your thoughts on the hockey team now entering the playoffs? Do you think this team is going to be the last one standing? Thank you. Go Eagles, beat UNH. So Cam, that's a great question. I I love, I think this Boston College hockey team is one of the most balanced, strong teams uh, that Jerry York has had probably since the Johnny Gaudreau years. Um, they have goal scores up and down this lineup. Now, obviously losing Logan Husco to a season-ending injury was not the most beneficial, but of any team that York has had, you can lose Hutsko and you have you know all these other guys that can do um, quite a bit for this offense. But I think the big thing for this hockey team that's going to push them in the playoffs and really give them a chance to win it all is Spencer Knight. Now, Spencer Knight is a finalist for the Mike Richter Goalie of the Year Award. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it, but, you know... You watch hockey and what wins in the playoffs. Obviously, it's some good, you know, you want to balance on offense and defense, but knockout goalies, like stonewall goalies, are what win championships. So if Spencer Knight gets on a hot streak heading into the Hockey East tournament and he is impossible to score on, he holds teams to one goal or gets a shutout here and there, they're going to be impossible to beat. And that, you know, that's a big, it's a lot of, um, pressure on Knight, but he's shown that he can handle it. So I, I think Boston College has every chance to win the national title, and I think they're the odds-on favorite for Hockey East. Now, the way the tournaments are going to look, though, it's a one-and-done, and obviously, and anyone can win any game. So, you know, BC is a team that has played extraordinarily well, but it only takes one hot team to run into them, and it's over. And we've seen weirder things in, ho- in national hockey tournaments. So, I like their odds, but I'm not going to say that they're like the favorite at this point. And again, thanks, thanks again, Cam. And our final question comes from Patrick, and this came in on Twitter when I was recording this. Question for the mailbag: If you haven't recorded it yet, do you think BC will ha- be able to keep Demar Langford Jr. and CJ Felder from the transfer portal next year, seeing as they are players with potential? Now, I think you get two different things here. So, CJ Felder, I would be, I am. I'm on high alert on whether he's staying or, or going. I, I got a feeling that we might get news on him soon. Um, I've seen a lot of coaches kind of entering his follow list, and that usually means that, you know, legalized tampering can happen a little bit. You know, it's it's icky in college basketball. A lot of times kids hit the transfer portal knowing exactly where they're going to go. So I got a feeling that, and I don't know this, that the odds are decent that C.J. Felder is going to leave. Um, but DeMar Langford... Um, I, I think this will have to do with Scott Spinelli. Now, Scott Spinelli was big in Langford's recruiting, and we'll, you know, if the new head coach comes in and keeps Spinelli on staff, then there's a chance that you know Langford will stay. I don't think he'll leave. I think you know he wanted to stay local. 
that might be his thing. And so it's, I think it all is going to depend on who the new head coach is and how they sell this program and these players' role in this new school in the new in the new system. So I I think Langford I would put at like I think he's on a lower end. I I have Felder as someone just to keep an eye on. I think there might be a chance he may leave. So we'll have to watch that. But this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening this week. I've enjoyed um, another week of podcasting with you all. Hopefully next week is going to be you know college basketball, March Madness. So obviously Boston College won't be part of that, but we'll be watching as we see what happens with Dennis Gates and Mark Schmidt and you know Howard Isley and all these other coaches that have been linked to Boston College. So we'll check that out. We'll be back again on Monday. College uh, spring football will kick off, and we'll be able to talk about Jeff Halfley's introductory press conference and get ready to talk football for the next month or so. So take care. We'll see you all again soon. Have a nice weekend, everyone.